0: We're going to look at the story of Christmas and the birth of Jesus from a bit of a different angle. Because I don't know about you, but do you ever feel like like what you're called to do? Or maybe even this Christmas, you've been called to do the impossible. You, you, you've you been called to bring family together that doesn't always get along. You're called to feed people. You're called to 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 be light in a dark situation. And it can feel like, you're called to do the impossible. Maybe it even feels like right now you're in a moment where just being here feels impossible. It feels like what what is meant to be this joyous occasion has, has been robbed because of the situation that you find yourself in today. Maybe for some of you, this is your first holiday without a loved one. It's your first Christmas without mom or dad or one of your siblings or maybe a spouse or a kid and you think about it and you say, man, I I feel like to be joyous in this season feels impossible. But when we look at the Christmas story, it's a story full of impossibilities. It's a story that, that you couldn't almost dream up how impossible this story is. And I think today, if we're honest with ourselves, we need to come to this place where, in faith, we release the impossible to God rather than trying to do it all on our own. I was uh, traveling this week and we were on uh, a plane, and I I like to try to be productive on planes, but it, it's kind of impossible um, because one of two things generally happens. I think I've shared this with you guys before. And this year we had a great experience. Um, I was on a plane and. Um these two, couple, this, these two people, they weren't related, sat next to me. And I just put my headphones in, and I was trying to get ready to edit the book. And I was like, you know, I'm going to watch a movie for a few minutes. And about halfway through the movie, I was watching uh, the new Mission Impossible movie. And um, the guy said something to me, so I took my headphones off. And um, he said, man, we're trying to figure out who you are. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm Blake. That's who I am. And they're like, the guy literally said, are you famous? And I was like, not at all. Not at all. I'm a pastor. And he's like, oh, all right. I have some questions. And I was like, let's get into them. Okay. And we started talking and I was actually really able to encourage and minister to this guy to the fact that he even um, got my phone number and texted me. And he was like, hey, man, it it was so good to meet you. I'm with my family during Christmas. But when we come back, we want to attend Bedrock and, um, and check it out. And what a blessing that was to be a part of it. And I realized, like, in those moments, that's not really me doing anything. It's just me being available. But I was, I was watching this this movie with Mission Impossible and, I, you know, maybe it's not such a good name for the franchise because it always happens, right? Like it's never like we messed up. It didn't happen this time, right? Like the world ended. But there's this scene in the movie that really spoke to me um, and, and I thought, man, this is meant to be a proud moment, but I actually think it's a desperate moment where – they're, they're about to go and, you know, do this crazy thing where the guy's going to jump off a cliff and parachute onto a moving train and it's going to work out perfect, you know, um, <laughs> whatever. Uh, and, and there's this moment where this lady, she has to go on the train before Ethan Hunt, the Mission Impossible guy, and he says, you're going to have to go alone. And she says, I, this is impossible. What are we going to do? And he looks at her and he says, I don't know, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. And I think for a lot of us, maybe that's what Christmas feels like. Maybe for a lot of us, life feels like that. You feel like you've been called to do something impossible and you one, you feel like you're going alone and you're not. And then you also look at it and you go, how are we going to do this? And what we think God says to us is, hey, we'll figure it out. But I, what I want us to see today is not that, hey, we're going to figure it out. I want us to see that in God, it's already figured out. And so we're going to open the story of Christmas in the Gospel of Luke today. And, and for a minute, I want us to see not only the birth of our Savior, it's all figured out, but the faith that it took to get to the manger. The faith that it took, because what God was calling Mary and Joseph to do was already impossible. It was already like, this, this can't happen. And yet the angel of the Lord and the Lord comes in and gives such reassurance today. And what I want us to really do this morning is to connect with the story of Christmas in a new way. Because maybe you can relate to Mary and Joseph. Maybe you can relate to the fact that like what you feel called to right now in your life It just feels impossible. And that the story of Christmas, it's not just about a baby being born in a manger. It's about the God of impossibility doing something so spectacular that I don't want us to miss the majesty of Christmas. So if you have a Bible with you, would you open up to Luke chapter one? We're gonna start in verse 26. Now what's happened here is Luke has given... um, our understanding of what Jesus is going through. He gives us a little bit of a picture of life. And if you don't know, in the Bible, God has been silent for four centuries. That's 400 years that God has not said anything new. And so when the angel of the Lord appears to Mary, this is the moment that God breaks the silence. This is the moment where we see even with Zechariah and what goes on, the silence is being broken for them. And there's a great promise being heralded to the people and to you and I. And so what happens here is we're going to open up the scriptures and we've already heard about John the Baptist being born with Zechariah and and how he went mute. And now we're getting into the story of how God called Mary and Joseph. Luke chapter one, verse 26 In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, and we're going to get back to her pregnancy because that was already impossible as well. God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee. Let me tell you a little bit about Nazareth. Nazareth is something like Arcadia. You from Arcadia? There's nothing wrong with Arcadia. Just like when people come to Florida, they don't go, I can't wait to go to Arcadia. They don't even know about Arcadia. In fact, for the readers of this day, that's why he says Nazareth, which by the way is in Galilee. Luke knows that this is an unknown place, that this is a place where if you're gonna call somebody to do something amazing in the world, you call them from New York City, you call them from LA, you call them from Atlanta, maybe Miami, but not Arcadia. (laughs) Luke is emphasizing for you and me that the beginning of the story begins in an impossible place. Maybe you need to hear that today. Like the beginning of your call is starting in an impossible place. Anyone ever thought that? Like, man, I'm from uh, just a nowhere town where there's just a little bit of people. How can I do great things for God? How can I, I do this? I'm not equipped. I, I don't know all of these things. How can you call me? And yet, the Bible invites us into a story where a young woman, I use that term lightly because she's likely between 12 and 16 years old from a small town is called to do something impossible. It says this as we continue to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. This is important, right? Because we understand that The Messiah will come through the line of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Everyone say, highly favored. favored. Does everyone in this room know that if you're called into the kingdom of God and part of the family of God, that's your name too? You are highly favored. We always say when I golf, I golf a lot with Ramsey and other people. And when I hit a great shot, I always look at them like, man, that was good. And I say, favor ain't fair, right? But that's exactly what the angel says to her. Mary, at this moment in her life, is anywhere between 12 and 16 years old. Most people think that she's around 15 years old. Did you think you could do anything spectacular when you were 15? I was just thinking about what I was going to eat next. That was my whole... Life at 15, and then I couldn't wait to get to a car, right? I was like, can't wait to get to 16 so I can have a car, and then I can drive myself to my meals, right? (laughs) But what happens in this moment, I want you to think about this, is a 15-year-old girl from a nowhere town is visited by the angel of the Lord. And the very first thing that he says to this young lady Is greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. And I think we look at this story and we go, yeah, of course, Mary was special. She wasn't. She was a 15 year old girl from a nowhere town. And she had grown up in the line of David, but there's nothing that she had done that was spectacular about her. How do we know that? Because a lot of, you know, I know we get into Catholicism and that she's heralded. And look, she did some great things. She said yes. She said yes to the call of God on her life. She said yes. But the reality is, is the Bible says that Jesus, who is the son of God, who is God in flesh, was born. And there was nothing spectacular about him to those who would see them. I think the same would be of his mother. And I think that's part of the majesty of the story. Because I think a lot of us feel removed from the call of God because we're not anyone special. And we think that Mary was set apart, this extremely special person that God did something amazing through, but she was an ordinary girl. And for you, you feel like you're called to do something impossible today, and you feel like, well, I'm not special. Well, good, neither was Mary. What was special was the God who called her. See, what happens for so many of us is, is this reality of life and this reality of call and this reality of the moment is that you and I don't believe sometimes when we're called to do impossible things that we are highly favored. Because we think about, like, how could God use someone like me? How could God use me to reunite my family? I'm the youngest. Right, or I'm, I'm the one who's messed up. Like part of the reason the family's messed up is because of the decisions that I made in the past. Or man, like I, I don't have a special job. I don't have any letters after my name because of all the education that I have. Like I, I'm just a person. And yet I feel called in this moment to do something impossible, but I'm not special. The story of Mary is a story of God calling someone to do the impossible who is all but ordinary. And what does the Lord say to the ordinary? Because God has called you, you are highly favored because God called you in spite of you, in spite of all of the things. You are special in the kingdom of God because God loves you. And let me just tell you something in this room. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are highly favored. You are called to do something spectacular, even if you don't believe that God has something for you or that you could never do it. But I want you to notice that one thing that God says to her that I think is so comforting. Because a lot of us think, just like that Mission Impossible analogy, is like you're going to have to go in and do the impossible alone. And how many of us know, like, you feel that impossibility in your life right now, and it feels alone, like you feel alone. Like we always say this, leadership is lonely. Maybe you're a leader in your family. Maybe you're a leader in, 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 in your life. You say, well, I'm not a leader. Well, do you have influence over people in any way whatsoever? Yes, you're a leader. And you say like, man, uh, now it feels lonely. Now I feel it's like I, I got to do this on my own. And what does the Lord say to a young woman who's probably terrified when she's talking to an angel? And he says, you're highly favored. And we'll see that Mary in just a second is a little perplexed, a little confused, a little worried. But what does the Lord promise her? You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Hey, what I'm about to call you to, what what I'm about to reveal to you what God has put on your life to do something impossible, I want you to understand from the very beginning, you may not feel special, but in God's eyes, you are special. And you're not alone. That God is with you. Because whatever God calls you to, he will get you through, right? He will equip you. He will get you to have everything that you need for what is going to happen. We just don't get the whole package right away. Why? Because without faith, it is impossible to please God. And so is God calling you this Christmas to faith? To believe that that vision that he's given you for your life, that he's given you for your family, that he's given you for your friends, that he's given you for your spouse, that he's given you for your kids, that he's given you for your finances. Do you believe that you are highly favored and that the Lord is with you? Because let me tell you something. If you feel like you're going alone, you will fail. But if you believe the Lord, who is the good shepherd of Psalm 23, is walking beside you through the valley of the shadow of death or unknown or doubt or fear, you can walk through any valley. The Lord is with you. So the Bible continues on in the story, and we see Mary make a very human response to this story, right? Because sometimes like the people of the Bible, we look at them and we go, those guys are superhuman. They're somewhere between men and God. They're somewhere in the middle. And the reality is, is every person that's called in the Bible is as ordinary as you and I. Right? I mean, Moses is called to speak for a nation and he has a stutter. He stutters. David is called to be a king. He's a murderer and adulterer. The... The people who are called to write the scriptures are just normal people. Fishermen, tax collectors, people who were far off from society. Everyone in the Bible is normal. It's what an extraordinary God does with normal that becomes abnormal. Luke chapter 1 verse 29. The story continues with this. Mary was greatly troubled at his words. Who, me? Like... Uh, you just said I was highly favored and that the Lord was with me. What are you getting me into here? And wonder what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, notice that the angel anticipates her inward thoughts. My wife, Kelsey, she has a a very unique um, uh, talent that... um, if, the, if you ask her to try something or look at something or ask her her opinion, her face will say everything. You don't need to ask for words. She just, it's revealed. And I can imagine in this moment that Mary's face said it all. And the angel of the Lord looks at her, Gabriel, and says, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. And then he starts to go into, and here's what this means. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call his name, call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Doesn't that sound like I'm not the right person for this? This is the son of the most high God who is the promised Messiah who will sit on the throne of David forever and reign over God's people forever. And I'm 15 from nowhere. And uh, by the way, we have not had marital relations. There's no way this is me. Like um, there is a lady next door. She's a lot nicer than me. Maybe you knocked on the wrong house. You know, you're using Google Earth, right? Maybe you got the address wrong. It's not always perfect. Did you show up here by mistake? Are you sure it's me? That, that, that's the thought that so many of us have. There's, there's no way it's me. There's no way that you've called me to do this because do you know who I am? See, the reality is, is Mary knows how ordinary she is. And that's reality for so many of us in this room, right? You you think about, well, man, I can't serve in church. I can't sing on the platform. I can't do this. I can't do that because, man, I'm just so ordinary. If people only knew how ordinary I was, that there's nothing extraordinary about me, the things that I struggle with, the things that I deal with, the hard time that I have, there's no way it's me. I can't do that. I'm just ordinary. Mary has the same thoughts. That's why she's so troubled, like, I feel like you're about to ask me to do something big because an angel showed up. You didn't even send a letter. It's you, it's an angel. And I'm really not who you're looking for. But I want you to know that the angel of the Lord anticipated the fear of unworthiness that Mary felt. And the angel of the Lord for you and I, whatever God has called you to do in your family, whatever feels impossible, knows the fear of unworthiness that you have in this room. And the reality is, is God did not call you because of how incredible you are. He called you because of how incredible he is. But I want you to see something that maybe right now you feel this fear. But as soon as that fear of unworthiness came into Mary's life, the angel spoke directly to the fear. I know you feel unworthy, but I'm here to remind you just once again that you are favored. What does that mean? You're called to this task. So that means you're equipped for what is to come. God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't call the wrong person. He's called you and you're favored. And this has nothing to do with how good or bad you are. It has everything to do with how incredible God is. But God spoke directly to her fear at the beginning of the journey. And that's where so many of us are right now is God speaking to your fear now. Like, so many of us haven't started what God has called us to do in life, in our family, in our finances, in our, in our world, because we're just afraid. And we know how messed up we are, and so we don't want to mess up God's plan. Do not think you are so powerful. Do not. That the God of the universe was like, man, I, it, this is 50-50, right? Like, I hope they pull through. No. He's going to lead you through. So many of us, we, just, we have the fear of failure because we feel unworthy, so we never start. And the Lord needs to speak to you today in this room. And, say, and he's saying to you, if you are called, you are highly favored. Now, notice what didn't happen in the story. If you're familiar with the Christmas story, and the angel didn't say, and pull out your cell phone and check your bank account real quick. You see all those zeros in there now? Ha <laughs> you're highly favored. He didn't like, there wasn't a Ferrari horse waiting. We, we learned later, she didn't even ride a horse. She rides a donkey. That's like a, you know, like a Kia. Like here's a Kia. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You're like, I hope it gets there. I hope it makes the journey. Couldn't you have sent like a stallion? No, nah, just a donkey. All right, cool, 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 cool. All right. When you get there, it's like there's no hotels. You're going to sleep in a cave, by the way. The manger is a cave with animals. Cool, 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 right? Like some of us, you can't even breathe near a, ch- a child right now because, like, if they have a new baby, it's like, don't breathe on my baby. You're going to, something's going to go wrong. Jesus was born in a cave surrounded by filthy animals. Could you imagine that mom moment? Couldn't you have provided a little bit more, but God provided everything that she needed. And so Mary asked the question that so many of us do. Okay, so you're telling me that I'm gonna have um, the child of the Lord. Um, That's impossible. You've already said I'm a virgin in here like, Four times. Do you know the meaning of that word? Like, uh, we have a problem. What's going to happen? This is what she says in the midst of the rational call. Because the rationality says this is impossible. But God doesn't call you to a life of rationality. He calls you to a life of extreme faith to do impossible things. You know, I always tell people this. Everyone wants a miracle story until they need a miracle. And some of you aren't seeing the miracle of God in your life because you put yourself in a position where you don't need one. Do you need one? Luke chapter one, verse 33. This is Mary. She asks such <laughs> a normal question. How will this be? Mary asked the angel. Since I'm a virgin. Like, uh Angel, I know you don't deal with biology a lot, but this math doesn't add up. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Mary says, this is impossible. And the angel says, let me just remind you of the impossible things that have already happened. You're 15, but Elizabeth is beyond the ability to have a baby and she's six months pregnant right now. Right now. What was impossible is already happening. Some of you in this room need to be reminded of the stories of the impossibility that others have gone through to be but to believe and to borrow faith and to in this moment go, well, if God could do the impossible for them, then he can do the impossible for me. You notice what the angel says? He doesn't say to her, come on, Mary. I'm I'm an angel. Like you think you'd get it by now. Come on. I've already told you you're highly favored. That the Lord is with you. Come on. She goes, I... I'm just trying to wrap my head around this. Like, this is impossible. And the angel, instead of saying, okay, let me go real slow for you. The angel says, let me tell you about Elizabeth. I just want to remind you that your cousin, who is in her old age, who should not be having babies, is six months pregnant. And she struggled with infertility her whole life. And what was impossible for man and God became possible. Let me remind you of that. And then he says something that I think is so beautiful that you and I need to be reminded. Because here's the reality not only is it possible, the angel of the Lord says, There's no way this can fail. Verse 37, for no word from God will ever fail. So let me remind you of the impossibility of Elizabeth, and let me take it a step further. Not only is this not going to fail, there is no word of God that has ever failed. There is no possibility of failure at this point, and I want to remind you of the impossibility that you see now. But I also want to remind you of the promise of God and the power of God, and it's not you who's bringing this baby into the world. It is him. And there's no way that this can fail. What would you do for God in this life if you knew you couldn't fail? How would you give? How would you serve? How would you witness to your neighbor? How would you you live your life? What, What foreign mission field would you go to if you knew you couldn't fail? I'm here to tell you that if God has called you to anything impossible, it cannot fail. All of this reminds us of a story. At the beginning of the Bible. In Genesis 18. God is talking to two people. Who struggle with infertility. Abraham and Sarah. An angel of the Lord. Visits Abraham and says. Hey you're going to have a son. And Sarah. Is so resigned to her misery. That this is impossible. That when she. By the way she's a. She's like sneaking, like she's listening to the meeting. She shouldn't be. And she's outside the tent. And when she hears that God's going to make her pregnant, she laughs. That's what Isaac means, laughter. God's really good at reminding us of something. Remember when you laughed? Remember when you thought it was impossible? Every time you call your son's name, you'll be reminded of the impossible. Genesis 18, 13, and 14. Then the Lord said to Abraham... Why did Sarah laugh and say, will I really have a child now that I am old? Now that it's impossible? Look at what the angel of the Lord says. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return to you at the appointed time next year. And Sarah will have a son. Do we need to be reminded? Because you think of how ordinary you are. You think about how much you've messed up. You think about the call that you are heading into and it seems impossible. Do you need to be reminded on this Christmas morning that Jesus arrived in an impossible way and that God has been doing the impossible through ordinary people? And is there anything that is too big for God? Whatever it is, whatever like that thing, I'm 15 I'm from nowhere. I don't have the money. I don't have this. What if I mess this up? Is there anything too big for God? And guys, I know that the world that we face right now seems a little bit too big for us. I think a lot of Christians have resigned their life to like, we will go quietly into the night. Please don't hurt us. Please don't persecute us. Please don't come against us. Please don't cause us to do the impossible. But this Christmas reminds us of the impossibility that is possible with God. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? Some of you need to write Genesis 18, 14 down. Is there anything too hard for the Lord? And so what happens is as Mary, she responds in such a beautiful way in the story. She, she responds in a way that, that looks so incredible where she basically in faith begins to say this, verse 38 of Luke chapter one, I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. And then the angel left her. But how many of you have heard God clearly at one point and then things get a little less clear when you start on the journey? You go, Man, this, um, this is harder than I thought it was going to be. Impossible's hard. I'm just going to warn you, impossible is hard. Not for God, but for us. It's going to test your faith continually. But I want you to notice what happens as we skip a little bit ahead in the story. Mary sings this uh, moment together, but I want you to notice what happens as soon as she says yes to the Lord. At that time, verse 39, Mary got ready and hurried to a town in the hill country of Judea where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. Remember the person who's already experiencing the impossible? When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, which is an idea that like a prophet, she was proclaiming something. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the child you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of the Lord should come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let me just tell you something. If you're going to do the impossible for God, you got to get the right people around you. Some of us in this room, you're trying to do the impossible with God. you got the wrong crew. Let me just tell you some everyone from little old Nazareth. You ever been called to do something big from a little know-nothing town? That's impossible. There's no way. Nobody from here has ever done anything like that. Hey, you're 15 years old. You're not even married yet. This is impossible. And some of you start believing the hate of others. We have this saying, they hate us because they ain't us, right? Like, Like, listen, other people don't need to recognize God's call on your life for it to be a true call. But if you get around the right people, they'll encourage you along the way. Could you imagine being alone and 15 years old, and you haven't even talked to Joseph yet, and you're wondering what you're going to do? So you hurry off to a town in Judea, which would have been a couple days' journey to go and see him. And then you get there, and the very first thing that Elizabeth says to you is, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're here. Who am I that the mother of the Lord would visit me? You are so highly favored. There's some of you in this room need to hear that like in your call that you are highly favored and I can't believe I'm in the room with you. That some of you are gonna do some things in this room for God that when I get to heaven, I'm gonna go, I can't believe I was in the room with you at one point. Like for real, like I can't believe you who did that, who reached that whole people or you who reached that one person that reached all those people. You know, there's one person in the world who's reached more people than Billy Graham. It's a person who reached Billy Graham. You ever thought about that? No one knows their name. But to take someone and to proclaim the gospel and the good news and to take a selfish person who is prideful and for them to hear the word of God and to believe that I am not my own salvation, that the Lord is. That is impossible, but the Lord did it. And that person said yes to the call of God and look what happened. Some of you in this room are the product of the ministry of Billy Graham which happened because of the faithfulness of somebody else? Are you believing God for the impossible? Are you getting the encouragement that you need along the way? Because here's the reality. Verse 45 says this. Blessed is she who has believed that the Lord would fulfill his promises to her. Let's turn that around. Blessed are those who believe in the call of God. Are you blessed in this room today? Because I know what's going through your mind. You've written every excuse as to why your situation's unique. I know. Why? Because you're afraid of the failure. You're afraid of the hurt. You're afraid of not making it. You're afraid to pray that prayer that that person would get saved. You're pray, afraid to try again because you might fail again. And I don't know if I can do that again. You're afraid. I know. I know. And so in fear, you write every excuse in the book in your mind. And you've written off this sermon and go, yeah, that was for her, but not for me. It's not for me. Christmas, I mean, I'm, man, I'm hoping to get one thing. I'm hoping to just to survive. Notice what Elizabeth says. He and en- she encourages Mary in her faith. Blessed is the one who believes the call of God. Some of us in this room, like you're not living the blessed life because you're living the fear life. You're living the tragedy life. You're living the life that God can't do those things, and that's a miserable life. The whole story of Christmas is about the God of impossibility calling a 15 year old girl who had never had sex in her life to have a baby in a society that would stone her, ridicule her, her husband should divorce her, that she should be left alone, that she should be a pariah, that she should be like the woman at the well. And yet when she is met by the right people who encourage her in the call, because do not forget how impossible this was and how scary this would be for a 15-year-old girl. I can't believe I'm in the room with you who is the mother of the Lord. Blessed is the one who has believed in the call of God. Are you there? Because here's the reality. We're going to skip ahead in the story. Mary sings this really incredible song. I'm not going to sing it. Zachariah <laughs> sings a song. It's like a Disney like movie. Okay, it's beautiful. <laughs> We're not, we don't have time to go there. But here's where we have time to go. God will make the way. You just have to start going. God will make the way. You just have to start going. Luke chapter 2, verses 1 to 7. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Kiranus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David. God will make the way. You just have to start going. Blessed is the one who believes in the call of God. I don't know what the first step of your journey is, but every journey begins with the first step. Mary and jo- could you imagine just for a minute, you're like seven months pregnant. They won't even let you fly on an airplane now. You know what I mean? You're like, I got a two-hour flight. And the doctor's like, no way. That baby could fly out up there. the pressure, wham, you're having a baby. No one wants that. And Mary is called, and Joseph is called to his unmarried fiance to go be counted. And so at seven months pregnant, she has to make nearly a week's long journey not on a horse, not in a carriage, not in a Tesla, not in an airplane, sitting on a donkey to only arrive moments too late that there wasn't a room. And could you imagine the thought maybe of Mary and Joseph and going, I mean, you called us to do the impossible. Could you make this a little easier? Couldn't the census have happened next year? Couldn't we have had a horse by now? Couldn't Bethlehem just be a little closer? Couldn't we have had a room? Couldn't there have been a crib? Did we really have to be in in a stable with sheep? Why is the impossible so hard? Because our God is so good. And maybe you need to be reminded today of everything that Mary and Joseph had to go through to get to impossible. but they got there. and they just had to start the journey and God provided every step of the way. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't an, an escalade. it was a Kia, but the Kia got them there. And you know, it wasn't the Ritz, but it was a room. And it wasn't a crib, but man, it was a manger. And it wasn't clean, but man, was it perfect. Because our Lord and Savior was born in lowly conditions. Why? Because he did not come to be a king who would be served. This hotel, and they had a really great baby. And you're like, well, uh, okay, God, what about me? If God would do this for the mother of the Savior of the world. believe in this place to be impossible is already done. It's already accomplished. It's already been taken care of. It's already happened. And for some of us in this room, you wonder, am I really highly favored? Well, something has already been done that was impossible to remind you that you are highly favored and loved. See, because 33 years after says that. for them and that he died for them and he rose again showing conquer over sin and death and that by faith today you can receive the impossible you can receive the impossible and so we're going to just take a minute the band's going to play but the bible says that this moment is sacred and holy that we're about to take that this moment is a remembrance of where god did the impossible where we we shouldn't, we didn't deserve it, we shouldn't have it, but God graciously gave it because he loves us, because those who are his children are highly favored. And if you wonder if you're highly favored, the Lord of the universe died for you. He did the impossible. He took what was broken and made it new. And so today the Bible says that we are to take communion, the remembrance of what Jesus did for us in a worthy manner. And so just for these moments as the band plays, just for a few moments, whatever sin that you may have that you know of or sin that is unconfessed or unknown, this is our moment to bring it before God, to bring it before the King, to acknowledge the impossibility that God did for us, to acknowledge what he has done for you and I in that you would receive it by faith today. And then I pray for some of us in this room you go, I, I'm not that, but I want it. I, I, I don't know God, but I want it. I pray today will be your first communion. I pray today that you would believe in the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And you would turn from your sin and you would run to him and you would receive him by faith. And that today this would be the sweetest bread and the sweetest wine you have ever tasted because it is, it is a reminder of God's love for this worthiness and how highly favored you are for God's love has fallen upon you. And I pray today that you would receive that in faith that Jesus died for you. And so I want to give you just a moment to pray and then we'll partake of the Lord's Supper together. this Christmas day. The reminder of the arrival of the impossible. That today we remember the night that you arrived and did the impossible and every prayer of Mary and Joseph a part of this journey was answered. And your provision was shown and what was seemingly not able to happen will be accomplished. And that's what we celebrate here tonight. And so God, we not only celebrate your birth, but we worship you for your death and resurrection. That you, you did the impossible. And so God, today we confess our sin before you. We repent of our sin. We'll return to you and are reminded of how highly favored we are today we would, we would receive this communion in faith. Not just that you saved us, but that you've called us to the impossible and that you will get us through. God, we love you. We thank you. We praise you in Christ's name and everyone said. So on the night of Jesus' betrayal, he was with his friends having dinner and he took a loaf of bread And he told them that his body would be broken for them for the punishment of sin. And he took the bread and he broke the bread and he passed it along to all of those who were at the table with him. And he said, when you eat of this bread, remember that my body is broken for you. And so now in remembrance, you may eat. And after they had all eaten of the bread, Jesus took a glass of wine, a cup of wine. And he said that this wine represented his blood, which was to be shed for the forgiveness of sin. And then he took the cup and he blessed it and he passed it amongst his friends. And he said, when you drink of this cup, be reminded that not only is your punishment taken away, but you are forgiven. And so you may drink in remembrance of the forgiveness of the Lord. I know this isn't a normal Christmas message, but thank God we're not normal. Thank God he has something so much more beautiful for you and I today than just a baby being born in a manger, but that we serve and love a God of impossibility. And so we're going to sing and we're going to worship our King. And whatever it is that you're facing that seems so impossible right now, I pray today that in faith you will receive it and that you will believe in God's call on your life and that you will be blessed for you are the one who believes in the call of God. That you'll step out in faith today. If you need to come and pray, if you need to grab somebody and pray, if you need to make a phone call, if you need to give, if you just need to raise your hand and worship, if you need to bow down at your seat and worship the King, whatever you need to do, there's freedom in this place for you to worship Him as you need to, but do not forget what God did here in this place today. I love you. I'm so thankful for you, church. I can't wait to see what God has for us this next year. And I can't wait to hear the stories of victory for all of us. I love you. Let us pray.